Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time, the Surrey FA podcast powered by Capital Content. Our guest for today's episode has played a key role in the recovery and resurgence of a historic South London club. After his career as a professional player was cut short by a major injury, he later moved into coaching and has been at his club, AFC Wimbledon, since 2004. He had some great success in, the, in his 15 years within the club's academy before moving into the first team setup last year. Alongside his work as lead professional phase coach, he's also a loan manager at the club. I'm delighted to welcome Mark Robinson to the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to crack into the question straight away because I've got quite a few, quite a few to ask you today. Um, and, and I'll sort of go back to that point about the fact that you've, you've been involved in the club for 15 years, um, you know, a huge amount of time and, and part of a, a really key period in, in rebuilding the club. Um, and obviously you've, you've got to a point now where you've, you've gained tier three academy status. To talk us through the process, you know, of, of going from that grassroots level through to the professional side now. Yeah, um, well, when I, when I joined the club, James, um, I was myself just trying to get back into coaching um, myself, really. Um, I'd come out of football and had, had a job uptown and then, then I had my own business and I wanted to get back into coaching. So it was someone I was at Fulham with um, and I just joined the under nine. So when I joined, the first team were I think, just coming out of the Ryman Prem then. So all our teams were playing grassroots football, as you said, you know, against... Um, um, Epson Eagles and you know Cole Shorten, all those teams. So um, I did, I, I did a couple of few years with the under nines, and then the guy who was kind of head of youth. Um, I was do, I, I was doing well there with this this group that got to under eleven, under twelve, and he asked me to if if he wanted to basically set set the um, the youth structure up ready for if when Wimbledon got got back into the football league. So he was thinking ahead and said, you know. Can we get it ready if, if if we get back into Division Two? You know, we we need to have. It was a centre of excellence, and academies weren't out. It was then centre of excellence. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So that was a task. So really, it was to try and run it as much like a centre of excellence as possible because we had just parent coaches, like all all grassroots teams had. So we had parent coaches who were great people doing really great jobs, putting loads of hours. And gradually, I had to bring individual coaches in, which was was tough because, as I said, they were really good people had been been you know parent managers and um but then it was about writing curriculums trying to put a a, a coaching strategy together and uh, and it was difficult because you know we didn't have great facilities we were training at parks and and different areas so it was just basically trying to get it ready for when we got back into league two and if that happened so it it, it was a long process um eventually i looked after more the the under 18s down to sort of under 12s, 13s. A couple of few years later, a fella called Jeremy Sauer come in and looked after the younger ones. That was sort of under nines up. And yeah, basically it was just trying to get it ready and run it as professionally as we possibly could. Um, you know, because I think back then Wimbledon's disciplinary record wasn't great when I stepped in there um, and things like that. So there was there was things to sort out, but at the same time, trying to we didn't want to lose the players we had. We wanted to keep all those players and give those the opportunity. And that's what happened. And then eventually we got back into to League Two, as you know, and then we had to apply for Centre of Excellence status. And um, I'm pleased to say we, we we got that. So, you know, we were obviously doing things well and they were pleased and we got that quite 
quite comfortably. It was more about facilities, though. They were a bit worried about our facilities, but we got that. And then I think within, within a year of getting that, they brought out EPPP, um, which was the academy status. So we had to go through it all again, which was more difficult because the um, it had got a lot more stringent and there was a lot more criteria to meet. But um, after not after failing the first one on a few, it was more over staff and the positions we were in. So I was academy manager initially, but I was very much a coach. Um, so when we weren't really in the right positions because the academy manager was meant to be a bit more office based and dealing with strategies so we changed around positions really so we put people in the right area so i become head of coaching and then we got academy status so um yeah so it was it was a real interesting journey yeah and, and now now you've sort of got to that tier three status if i'm if i'm correct yeah. um what does that sort of mean in layman's terms i mean what what do you have to have at that level to sort of achieve that status? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is based around facilities. Obviously, you have to have your coaching curriculum and, and all those kind of things and you have to see how you're doing things and why you're doing things. So everything has to be documented. So every little thing that you do. So give you an example. You know, we're very big on trying to develop two footed players. So we have to document why we do that, how we do that. But a, a lot of it in terms of your status is based around facilities um and 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 the amount of money you're putting in so for us to become a category two would be very very difficult because straight away you've got to have a dome so it's a lot more around investment in terms of the actual coaching and the syllabus you're putting forward you know it's fine i you know we, we feel that our syllabus could could go up against any whether it's a cat two or a cat one academy but it's more about facilities so it's um, trying to prove that even though we've got category three status, that we believe we can still develop category one players, if that makes sense. And um, so we go into a category three games program. So we'll be playing against other teams within our category. But the good thing is you can still play teams from other categories. So we can still arrange friendlies against Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham, all those teams, which obviously the lads love. Um, so, but our actual games program would be against other cat free teams so southampton uh, sorry south end you know team, teams teams like that okay yeah so i mean i've sort of touched on the uh the development of the academy in that period but i imagine that you personally have had to come quite a long way um as a coach in, in that period um you know going yeah. from working with those sort of grassroots players through to to now youngsters that that potentially going to play in the football league yeah it's it's strange because when i you know i've done i've been coaching at youth clubs when i was working uptown so when i stopped playing you know as i said i've got this job uptown a really good job uptown and i'd been work i've been coaching at youth clubs i was coaching the team at the where i worked i worked for a music company called the performing rights society and i had all these ideas in my head of if I got back into coaching, what it would look like and developing players and how I'd like to develop players. And a lot of those thoughts had come through my own pathway and my own experiences as 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 a player. And then my own experiences at work, you know, I've worked under some really interesting people because my job was kind of a bit along the sales line. And, you know, and I worked under a great guy who taught me about attachment and how you can you can build relationships with people. So, so I had these ideas and then when I went into coaching, I was really fortunate the guy who took me in at Wimbledon just let me kind of do what I wanted and he let me test these ideas out. 
Um, so I was very big on technique at the time, but you know, I was naive. I was going through my coaching badges and I was just trying things out. But I'd say the biggest thing was just opening yourself up to, to so many different experiences and, and trying to make yourself the best you can be. I mean, I, when I started coaching, I, I went and did, I mean, I'm a Chelsea fan by birth. So I actually went and done tour guides at, at Stamford Bridge because I'd, I'd presented in my job to small groups of people. But I thought, well, if, I, if I'm going to get to where I want to be, I need to be more confident in front of people. So I went and did um, a tour guide job at Stamford Bridge, which was was unbelievable experience. I was so nervous. I was the other tour guides there. I think one was an Elvis impersonator. The other <laughs> one was a part time actor. One was a radio DJ. The other had been on Mastermind. And the other one was a cab driver. And what he didn't know about Chelsea, you could write on a stamp. I mean, so that, that was my first day. And I was like, wow, where, where do I fit into this this group? But And it, it was so nerve wracking. And, you know, but then I was I was doing that twice a week, taking around anything from 40 to 100 people. But for my self-confidence, it was, it was unbelievable. I remember one day um, when Mourinho was manager, he actually stopped the tour for a while and they congregated about 500 people in one of the stands and I had to entertain them for like half an hour. So stuff right. that I never, never dreamt that I'd, I'd do, but was so good for my confidence. So it was just about taking myself out of my comfort zone and challenging myself. And, and even now I, I do that on my day off. I meet up with tennis coaches. We have a little group. We meet up with tennis coaches. There's a dancer there who's got an amazing story. Actually, he couldn't walk and he brought himself back to teach himself to walk again. And, um, I think, you know, when, when I started developing players, I, I always thought if I could develop players that very much had the mindset of an individual sportsman within a team game, that you could really be onto something in having success in developing players. Because I've always been intrigued by the mindset of the individual sportsman. Um, so I, I, I do, you know, I've spent a lot of time with, as I said, tennis coaches and, and people like that. And just, just everything really, uh, you know, going on club visits, um, I, I managed to get to, to visit England under Eddie Jones, which was absolutely fascinating. So I really, I'll take anything that's going, you know, if I can get on a club visit or go and visit somewhere, a different sport, because I think you'll always take away something, you know, um, it'll either reinforce things you do, um, which will make you feel more confident. You'll either pick something up that you don't do that you think is really useful, but I've never gone anywhere and not come back with, with something, you know, um, so I think that's it, just opening yourself up to all different kinds of learning. I, th I think that's a really interesting point because probably a lot of the coaches that will listen to this or maybe thinking, uh, maybe thinking, you know, going and visiting clubs, football clubs. But as you say, there's there's a lot to be gained from other sports, other yeah. organisations, um, and, and certainly sort of other other lines of work. I mean, that's how you talk about the the sort of the tour guide stuff, giving you giving you the confidence as a as a coach. I think that's. That's a really, yeah. really interesting point. Um, just on a sort of a, another side of your role, um, I'm aware that you're now um, sort of the loan manager of the club as yeah. well. Um, and maybe that's a that's a function that will be a bit less familiar to some of the people listening today. Um, could you just sort of explain what, what that involves on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe? Yeah, well, it, it started really under the previous manager, Wally Down. So when Wally come in, Wally moved me closer to the first team out of the youth team and he wanted to set up a loans department so his thinking was he didn't he didn't like under 23s football he didn't really think it served the purpose 
of getting players ready for first team football. I have to be honest, I, I agreed with him. My experience of the under 23s was you now these games were played on a Tuesday afternoon. Either both teams were quite young, so it was very much like a youth team game, or the opposition would have five or six senior pros maybe coming back from injury and no disrespect, all they were interested in was getting through the game, nothing else mm. really. So very few of the games had a lot of relevance to what the lads would face if they if they got into the first team. So he wanted to set up this department. So I started that last year and it, it, it was tough at first because we'd never done it. So the, the, the semi-pro clubs didn't know our players I think sometimes they worry about academy players. Are they going to come to you and be a little bit, you know, what's their attitude going to be like and stuff like that. But once I got the first couple out, they realised that we have very strong values within the academy and that the boys were really good down-to-earth boys and, you know, and and the word kind of spread. And now it's got a lot it's got a lot easier. So um, COVID hasn't helped this year because of financially I have to try and recoup some of the money back for the players. So, so ideally my job is to look at the player and get the best fit for that player really so rather than you know just ringing up someone's mate and saying oh you know can we go there i'd look at the club talk to the manager about how they play their playing style um obviously talk to him about the player that's going on loan there and making sure that obviously the loan club are getting what they need but also making sure the player is getting what they need so for example you know i've got a center back going out soon to uh uh, a step free side who, who very much like to play out from the back and we feel he needs to work on his decision making on the ball mm -hmm. so it'd be perfect for him the manager realized it might be a little bit of a learning process but he's seen him play he's like what he sees so so it's yeah it's trying to find that the, the right fit for the player because every player is different they all learn differently um you know so it's it's trying to have a little bit more thinking behind it rather than just you know someone saying to me oh my mate's looking for someone. Can you send him down there? And that might work, but it's 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 digging into what the player's going to get out the loan, and and also having a succession plan. You know, so last year, I kind of spoke to a manager and a lad. I had a lad out for three months, but I already kind of knew that if he did well, I had the next club lined up for him, so that he went from step three to step two. So it's 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 that as well. Yeah, yeah, and and when those players are actually out on loan. Um, are you in regular contact with them, so, sort of keep, keeping tabs yeah. on them, communicating with them? Yeah, so so when they're step free, they still train with us, to be honest, James. So we they might go out once a week to train with their loan club because we think that's important because we don't have that feeling that they're just a player who turns up for games. We don't think that's particularly healthy. So they, they would probably train on a Thursday night. If not, they're spending the rest of the time training with us. So So I see the lads all the time. Um, we get footage when we can from the loan club. I'm actually, try, I've, I've just designed a new report actually, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to look for people to go. So if there's any of your listeners out there who love, love football and want want to go and watch, um, unfortunately I've got no budget, but I'm looking for guys <laughs> who, who, you know, we, we get them into games who want to go and do reports on our loan players. And what I want it to do, I want it more based on how they affect a game of football than just opinion. Um, so I'll give you an example. I've got a, I've got a small lad who I'm looking to get out on loan and I want it based on around his position, you know, because I find you get a real unconscious bias with players on opinion. You know, so if you're sending out a small lad, he might have 12, 14 physical challenges in the game. 
he might come out on top 10 of them, but for some reason, because he's small, they'll want to talk to you about the four that he didn't. So I want some data to actually go at the end of it. Well, no, listen, he doesn't struggle physically. This is just your own unconscious bias thinking this. Um, so I want to get some more data based around their actual position and, and do they affect the game, a game of football, which is what it's about at the end of the day. So I've designed this form. So I am looking for people who, who love going to watch um, semi-pro football. Um, so as I said, yeah, feel free to contact. There's me. the advert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we won't charge for that. <laughs> so um, just sort of talking about the development of the of those young players, and obviously sort of going out on loan, but but coming through the the academy um, as a whole, um, it it must be satisfying to see some of those players that you've worked with coming into the first team setup. I'm thinking of players like Will Nightingale, Anthony Hartigan. Um, what 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 have you been your greatest success stories? Do you think over the years through the um, well, I'd, I'd say any any player that that played has played a part in our history. You know, coming through the leagues, I look as a success story, and you know, some haven't quite gone on to fulfil what you'd hope for certain reasons. So you know, you look at someone like Tom Beer, who 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 I who I felt was was gonna you know go on to have a, an excellent career. Um, and didn't he's now playing semi-pro but he scored the all-important goal against Accrington you know um, that uh, when we played the home game which which gave us a lead and, and then ended up being a vital goal so the feeling you get from that still and you know he's still remembered by the fans so there's been there's been so many but when whenever they make their debut you know I was talking to you offline we had Archie Proctor make his debut last last night against Charlton and um and you feel, you feel, you know, going back to the grassroots days, you feel like a dad, if I'm honest, when they, when they come on and make their debut. You know, I'm sure if you, any of your listeners are, are parent managers and you get that feeling in your belly, I still get that. I get that feeling. You get, you know, you're heading every header with them and kicking <laughs> every ball with them. So, so um, every time, you know, when you've worked with them, that they, they make their debut is great. By the same token, you know, we take a lot of pride in the lads that, that haven't always gone on. To, to have careers you know we we very much pr pride ourselves in the academy that we haven't had any you know sad stories where you hear of lads that have gone down the wrong road or whatever and we we're very big on our values and and how we educate the boys on and off the pitch and um and, and I, i'm still in contact with so many of the players who have gone into teaching and gone into other careers and stuff and so you get you get all different kinds of pride out of all the work but but obviously fundamentally i'm here to develop players for our first team that's been my job so yeah so you know Will Nightingale when he was made captain is is fantastic Anthony and I, I think especially the lads the lads that have either come through our academy and been there a long time it, it's great like Will's been with us since he was nine and then other lads that we've kind of picked up late from grassroots players you know that have come from grassroots clubs that have not been deemed you know good enough and you know, this is so rewarding. It's unbelievably rewarding. That so, you know, every time a player steps out, it's great for us. As as um as an academy as a whole, our FA Youth Cup runs were, were really rewarding. Mm -hmm. You know, get beating you know so beating Watford away, Newcastle away, Huddersfield away, Hull at home, in our FA Youth Cup runs. You know, those were the nights when you did look back to the grassroots days. You know, you were struggling sometimes to to even find a pitch or and things and then you know the the year we played Chelsea and we we you know eight, up until the 80th minute it's one all and they've got Mason Mount Tammy Abrahams Tamori playing 
you know, those were the nights where you look back where you've come from and you, you can't help but feel proud that the journey you've gone on. So um, they, they, they were great nights for us. And the fans really bought into those FA Youth Cup runs. I mean, you know, we had a full house against Chelsea, which was amazing. So, so, so many things, really. And, and, and the staff as well. You know, I've got some got staff that I brought in, you know, 10 years ago. So Michael Hamilton now, uh, he was at Millwall. And again, we, we we were we were playing grassroots football, and um, and I I convinced him to come and join me with the youth team as my assistant. And he left Millwall, so he left the League One club at the time to come come in. Um, and I think my sales pitched help there. This, my sales, <laughs> and 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 now now he's our he's our academy manager. So things like that are so rewarding as well. Seeing the staff, you know, go up the ladder and and get great jobs. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's quite unusual and especially when you sort of look at the trajectory of the club over the, the sort of the 15 years you've been there to see the staff progress in the same way and be, be given yeah. the opportunities with, with the first team. Yeah, um, it, it's really good to see. Um, obviously, I, I can't I can't not mention the new stadium um, <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully the fans will be able to, to get in at some point. Um, yeah. How how will that benefit? I mean, obviously the club as a whole, but specifically around around the academy and the development of the young players. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's tough to know right now. I mean, in, you know it's an inspiration straight away for the players. You can't yeah. lie. I mean, the lads have been down to look at the stadium. I, I took a group down, the first team players, and there were some younger players in there. And you know, it's always been, will it ever happen? And now you're seeing it. You know, it's 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 incredible. It's fantastic, and and to be back in a community in London, you know, um, I just think so cool. You know, so many grounds now are on the outskirts of mm-hmm. areas. You know, but to be right in the heart of a community and what that means is is it's just so exciting. I mean, I, I'm I'm so fortunate. I live 15 minute walk away, so home games I'm going to be walking to work. So That's easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, unbelievable. So, but in terms of the academy, I, you know, you, you don't know and obviously a lot's going to stem around how well the first team do and if we're filling it then you'd like to think that you know money will be filtered back into the academy and invested into the academy so i think an awful lot relies on how well the first team do um and it, and if we're filling the stadium to be honest with you um because i think there have been clubs in the past that make the mistake of thinking a new stadium's going to bring success and it, it couldn't be further from the truth so I think it's really key that we keep our eye on the ball and realise at the end of the day, as wonderful as it is, as historic as it is, it is just a stadium. You know, mm-hmm. um, you've got to make sure all the things are right on the pitch and, you know, off the pitch to make the stadium the success that we want it to bring and hopefully bring, you know, help grow the club, the academy and everything else around it. So so immediately I'd say I don't really know, but hopefully in the future it should it should help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, it's going to be a fantastic facility. Um, yeah. And you you mentioned the sort of the success on the pitch, so it seems a, a good opportunity to to sort of get your get your thoughts on the season. Um, obviously, it's underway way already. Um, yeah. What what are you hoping for this season? What what would be yeah. success? Oh, well, we're coming seven and a half weeks ago, as I said to you, and, and it's gone really quickly. So. Um, success for you know for me I can't speak for the first team manager but for me um I think since we've been a football league club bar four months when we got promoted we've always felt like we were looking over our shoulder 
Um, you know, we always felt that we were fighting relegation or looking over our shoulder, worrying about relegation. So for me, you know, I'd, it would be great to have a season where we were really comfortable, you know, um, if we were pushing for playoffs even better. But for me, I, I think a season where we look like a really established League One club that's not looking over their shoulder, um, that that would be great. And, you know, and obviously my bias with with a few more debuts in there, youngsters doing well <laughs> as well, that, 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 that would be great. But for me, that would be the key, is to look like a really well-established League One club that, that are moving forward. That, that would be that would be fantastic. Well, fingers crossed. Best yeah. best of luck for the season, apart from when you play Portsmouth. <laughs> uh, win the rest of the games. Cheers, James. So I'll tell you that if we win the rest of the games by Portsmouth, I think I'll take that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks a lot for your time. All right, pleasure. Cheers. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening to another one of our Stoppage Time podcasts. To keep up to date with everything going on at Surrey FA, why not follow us on social media? You'll find us at Surrey FA on Twitter and Facebook, at Surrey County FA on Instagram, and Surrey FA TV on YouTube. Take care, and we'll be back soon with another Surrey FA Stoppage Time podcast.